Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week we have Flight of the Navigator and the Rocketeer. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Oh, Doug said he's going to be a bit. Go ahead without me. Uh, all right. Well, apparently Doug is off having a fist fight with his child. Once again, probably losing drastically as his kid just smacks him around the room. Tells him he's the daddy now. That sounds horrible, but they all know what I mean. Fists of fury, exactly. So Doug's probably going to jump in here at some point. Um, as I scroll through Facebook and see a headline that says "Meat of the Future: KFC to 3D Bioprint Meat Using Animal Flesh Cells." Future meat. <laughs> no, this sounds like a horrible idea. Mm, give me some of that bio print. I'm gonna save that article to read later. Oh, see, the kids throw that fists in the background. For Doug, occasionally we are just gonna hear Lando in the background just throwing oh, a piss yeah. fit, which is yeah. kind of awesome. Fucking uppercuts and super kicks to Doug's face. In all, in all reality, sweet, he sweet totally, chin music. He totally uh, deserves it. So, yep. So get him. So which, get him so which movie should we talk about uh, first? Uh, let's go Rocketeer, I guess. Yeah. I feel like Navigator is going to be the the more fun one to talk about. This one's still fun. Don't get me wrong. My cat is. So this is the first time watch for me. I somehow have just it's never been. I've never been in a position to watch it, and I didn't see it like when it came out. So it's just one that I've always missed. Um, so this one has uh, Billy Campbell as a, uh, what you call him a test pilot? I mean, he's a pilot, but he's like he, flying all these crazy planes. Well, and, he is He is a, uh, he races airplanes and yeah. he's I, what they used to call, uh, God damn it, Burn Burner. Is mm-hmm. that the name of him? Yeah. They used to do the stunt plane shows. Yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> He likes to fly yeah, these weird planes for uh, plane shows and crazy stuff. Uh, but he sort of has a weird run-in with some, uh, I don't want to say mob guys, but like some thieves who've stole something and the FBI and the police Gang- are after him. Generic, generic gangsters. Yeah, generic gangsters. They uh, end up in his uh, hangar, hide the... Uh, the thing they stole, which we later find out is like a rocket pack. Um, and then I don't remember. Do they, do they get killed or they just, one of them gets taken to the hospital or something. The, the guy who had it in his car gets killed after hiding it. And he stuffed a vacuum cleaner or something. In oh the case yeah. And they took the wrong case. That's right. Cause it's all burned up and like, well, here it is. And then just take it away. But, of course, Billy Campbell and his uh, – uh, Billy Campbell's the actor's name. I forget his actual character name. But him and uh, Alan Arkin, who's like his uh, his manager. Cl- Cliff. Cliff is Cliff. the Rocketeer's name. Yeah. Uh, they end up finding it, and they're like, what is this? This is fantastic. Um, of course, he has a girlfriend who is an actress who – it's trying to be in movies and specifically is trying to be in one with a very, very like, I think as you called him, Errol Flynn-esque movie star. Oh, yeah. Uh, they very specifically made him. Yeah. 
modeled him after Errol Flynn. Which I read, there was rumors that he was a Nazi back in the day. So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I never, I never knew that. But apparently there was some rumors that he was a Nazi spy or something, but it was never proven. A collaborator. Um, he's played by Timothy Dalton, who anytime Timothy Dalton shows up, I get excited. I mean, fuck, this, this movie actually has like... A fucking cast. Oh yeah, it's got a good cast. Oh, although oh. the irony, the sweet irony of that cast is is the one person in the movie that ever, anyone would give fuck all about is the main character. Mm-hmm. Just so fucking random. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. You got Bill Campbell in the lead, and then all these great actors walking around, chewing the scenery around him. <laughs> Yeah, you got Paul Sorvino as the head of uh, the mob. Uh, was it Eddie Valiant Valentine? Is that what his name was? Yeah, yeah, the Valentine. So at first, I thought they kept saying Eddie Valiant. And I'm like, isn't he from Roger Rabbit? But that was Valentine. Yeah, yeah I beat mean, uh, what the girlfriend's Jennifer Conley, oh, and yeah. then the fucking his like sidekick slash mentor is fucking Alan Arkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry O'Quinn is in the movie as Howard Hughes. Yeah, yeah they swapped out as we we have been talking over chat in the comics unofficially, but officially. Doc Savage is the one who creates the uh, jetpack, <laughs> but they they were afraid of like lawsuits, so they're like, "Well, we can't use Doc Savage. How about we just have Terry well, O'Quinn be Howard okay. Hughes?" And so this like, is right. so this is fucked up. It's not exactly lawsuits that they were avoiding. It was because that publisher didn't have a lot of money, and the original run of The Rocketeer was a second-string story. It wasn't the main story in the comic book, yeah. and they couldn't afford to pay the uh, the royalty fees if they used the names. Mm-hmm. So instead, they just had characters that were obviously these characters. They just never said it was those characters. Yeah, so... We end up getting Howard Hughes via Terry O'Quinn instead, which he's pretty awesome in the movie, so it was a good choice. Um, yeah, so people are looking for this jetpack. Billy Campbell has it. Uh, he he uses the rocket multiple times throughout the movie, but only to like save people. Um, he wasn't even going to do it, but then like someone flying a plane that's malfunctioning so of course he straps it on and flies up trying to save him and his girlfriend gets kidnapped and of course i'm gonna be the rocketeer and go save him so i i love the whole bit of that this thing just has x amount of fuel in it they don't know what the fuel is and they don't know how much fuel it has (laughs) (laughs) so it's like every time he straps it on this might be the time he runs out of gas while flying yeah, could be splat. Don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. First time watch for me. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to go try to pick up some of the collections of the comics because I've never read any of them. They're really good. Yeah. There and there isn't a lot, so it's it's a pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> you mm-hmm. can clean up that collection quick. Yeah, I think there was maybe five runs, mm-hmm. and like half of them are like four or five issue runs. Yeah, yeah. From what I read, like every time they'd go to a new publisher, um, the the old publisher or the new publisher would just be like, "Okay, well, let's get all the old ones too, and we'll just put out a trade of that, and then put out a bunch of new ones, and we'll be good." Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. So they were, I think, I think it was Pack Coast did the the first run in which they didn't finish the story and then eclipse picked it up and they were like well that story was great but it doesn't have an ending so they republished the original thing and added an ending and then they started running issues well then eclipse got bought out by dark horse so then dark horse I think only ran one issue of the Rocketeer and then somehow it went from Dark Horse to IDW and I think it's been with IDW ever since. I think I might be missing one in there. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a property that changed hands a lot of times. Yeah. There was never like a uh 
sort of one single home for it for a very long uh let's see yeah it was pacific comics uh yeah then two issues were yeah the story continued rocketeer adventure magazine two issues were published by comico comics oh yeah comico comics yeah the third installment was not published till 95 by dark horse and all three were collected by Dark Horse into a glossy trade paperback. Yeah. They did like a movie adaptation. Uh, doesn't say which company put it out, though. But then in yeah, 2009, IDW, seems like they kind of got it and have held on to it since then. Yeah. Which is good, because IDW puts out good comic books. Yeah. Um, so one of the big things is his girlfriend is essentially Betty Page. Uh, Betty with a Y yes (laughs) specifically in the comic books uh, and is drawn very much to look like the famous Betty Page because apparently the creator of it was friends with her so there was no like apparently she was like fine with it she thought that was fun but then when they did the movie she didn't want them to use her image for whatever reason or her name or anything so they just I'm almost assuming it was because she was on in her years at that point, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming she told them, I want money, and they said, we're not giving you money, and she goes, then you can't use my fucking name. <laughs> That's possible. I know she was very much very protective of the Betty Page brand, I guess, uh, and by that I mean, like, she would not do interviews and try not to be very public because they, she didn't want the image of her now as an older woman to sort of take away from the infamous Betty Page look. I don't know. I was kind of blown away whenever I was reading about it because I was reading she she died in December of 2008. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 2008? Most of those yeah. fucking pinups died in like their 20s. And so, I don't know, some, something about a... <laughs> a model from that era living to that age. I don't know. Something about it just fucked my head up. I was like, wow, I can't believe she lived that long. Oh yeah. At some point she was someone's grandma. <laughs> grandma. What's up with these weird pictures? <laughs> Ever you mind. Um, well, it's like, what was it? There's like, was it Betty white posed for like some risque photos for like some playing card set or something before she was Betty white. Is that, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently, you can look it up online. Let's see if it's uh... yeah. But anyways, it's a good. It's an interesting story, and it plays out in a weird way because at first it's like, okay, the bad guys are gangsters. Well, the bad guys aren't really gangsters. the The bad guys are gangsters that are working for this uh, actor who wants mm. this jetpack for some fucking reason that nobody knows. And then at the end, it's like, it's Nazis, God damn it! <laughs> it's always fucking Nazis. It's been Nazis the whole time! One of the things I love, though, which apparently I read was true, is that uh, organized crime was very anti-Nazi. So very much. They used to help like weed out Nazi spies and stuff, along with uh, law enforcement. And it seems like I read it had something to do with Mussolini killing uh, Sicilian people as part of that whole scenario. <laughs> I'd never heard that. Bit. <laughs> that was in like the trivia. I don't know if that's I mean that could very much See, just I be. Would have, I would have thought the whole thing is is that so fascism in its in its truest essence is about authoritarianism mm-hmm. and uh, criminals are almost by definition anti-authoritarian yeah. yeah so so we get to a certain point when uh old billy campbell rats out timothy dalton to the mob and they just turn and look at him like is that right and they're just like oh fuck you nazi and start <laughs> basically he's fucked at that point <laughs> Did you uh, notice that in the in the scene where they show the Errol Flynn-esque character filming his movie, mm-hmm. that, man, they laid the Inigo Montoya on real, real <laughs> thick. Yeah. Yeah. 
You had the whole wig going on. Big I Twitter. mean, if I almost was waiting for him to say the line. I was like, Jesus Christ, is this an intentional Princess Bride reference? Timothy Dalton's good. He's no Mandy Patinkin. I'll tell you the thing. The thing about that scene that I feel there must have been a rewrite or a reshoot or something. Doesn't it feel like that was a setup for later in the movie where they would be in some kind of a sword fight? Wow. And obviously the bad guy would have an edge. Seems like it should be, yeah. Right. And there's no there's no payoff later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's mm. all sorts of random there's all sorts of random stuff. There is a Clint Howard cameo. Yeah. I don't even think he speaks. He's the goddamn like He whispers fucking, to his ear, that's it. Right, and then and then the funny thing is, so that got me distracted. I was like, "Who the fuck directed this? This wasn't a Ron Howard movie, was it?" And I go back nope. and look, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's the guy who directed the first Avenger." Yep, yep. And the and word is, yeah, he got the he, he specifically got that job because of this movie. Well, I think you can see it. Oh, totally. Like whenever you rewatch this movie, you're like, "Oh no, I totally get." Like his, uh, the way he sees superheroes, yeah, pretty, pretty fucking awesome. I don't know this this movie's so fucking fun. Yeah, I ended up loving it. Like I said, first time watch. Uh, I thought the special effects were still really good. Um, I mean, there's some some very obvious green screening and stuff, but I mean, overall, like I think it all still looks really good. Right, and his. Uh the main character is as comic book accurate as I think I've ever seen. Yeah. What I read was that he, uh, old Billy Campbell went in specific before his audition, went and got his haircut to look just like the character from the comics. And they think think that's what got him the job. I was going to say, I read a bunch of articles about this because I, I really liked this movie whenever I was a kid. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to dig a little bit deeper on it. The litany of people who supposedly were going to be cast in that lead role. Yeah. I, it's it's one of those ones that the list gets so long that you're like, well, now I feel like this list is bullshit. Because <laughs> it feels like people are just fucking naming people at this point. But but some of them, I was like, oh, holy shit, that would have made this movie so different. Like, uh, Johnny Depp was one I saw that name multiple times. Yeah. I was like, could you f- have fucking imagined what what this movie would be today? So let's say uh, s- success-wise, it did the exact same thing it did in this version. The difference is now this is kind of like a fun kid movie that like people watch every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And if Johnny Depp was the main character, instead, this would be like a cult fucking classic movie. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, what was he doing? Like, um, he was on 21 Jump Street. Edward Scissorhands came out right before this did. Right. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. just it was just at so, the, the spear tip of his career. Yeah. He'd done it was, yeah this is a great, it's, it's a great movie. And I think the. <sighs> It does suffer a little bit because of having <laughs> Bill Campbell in the lead. Bill Campbell's a fine actor. You know what I mean? He does. Yeah. You know, he's he's good, but he's not. He's not a draw. He's not like leading man no. stuff. He's a good character actor. Now, from what I read, uh, Joe Johnson really wanted him, and Disney wanted an A-list name. And so they kind of went back and forth and Joe Johnson kind of fought for it. Right. Although the funny thing would have been, so let's say they casted the A-lister instead of him. All that would have done is eat into the special effects budget, and I think you would end up with a lower quality film with maybe more appeal. Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean, there's all kinds of shit in this. I mean, there's lots of planes, obviously. But then there's a fucking blimp at one point, which is fucking awesome. I love the fact that those those planes are flying in are real too, and uh, the specifically that yellow plane he flies at the beginning of the movie, those things were notorious death traps. So so, they, call, they called them like widowmakers or something like that. Yeah, it had something to do with the landing gear was shit, and those those planes were specifically designed for these crazy high speed maneuvers with no thought of anything else. So, 
whatever they were shooting the usage of it in this movie, they had a really limited number of takes because the mm-hmm. insurance would only allow the plane to land so many times. Yeah, something about like landing was really hard on its like uh, landing gear or something. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's a fun ass, mo- <laughs> fun ass movie, isn't it? <laughs> I always like the look of him too. I, I fuck, I really, I dig the helmet mm-hmm. and the uh, that that uh, flight jacket that he wears. Yeah, yeah, the look of it's really good. I mean, it's straight from the comics, of course. Um, but I like that he. <laughs> They point out that he's got a rudder on his head so he can just look whatever direction and then he'll go that way. Which I found not to be true <laughs> during the movie. Because there's like a shot of him like flying next to a plane. He turns and looks at it and gives him the old salute. But then he turns off his rocket by accident. <laughs> then falls. But I'm just like, well, if he turned his head, he should have crashed right into the thing. The thing that makes me nervous about it would be uh with the way wind resistance and stuff works if he turned his head going high speed wouldn't it just snap his neck like a twig? <laughs> maybe maybe not i don't know yeah. madness yeah but the look of it's awesome like the uh like i said the effects i think still really hold up and it's just like a fun comic booky movie like and of course it's set uh set in the late 30s so yeah, I love I love how well it slots into like so we did the episode about uh, Phantom and Shadow, mm-hmm. which they're pulp characters, and obviously yeah. this one this one's complicated because this isn't a pulp character. This is a modern character who mm-hmm. is made as an homage to pulp characters, yeah. but he fits in so well. Like they captured the essence of those characters so well that you would never know. You know what I mean? You would never know the difference if you didn't know. Yeah. I definitely feel like written. we could have done this as a trilogy for the pulp episode for sure. And this would have felt like right at home with those other ones. Maybe actually fit more in that, in that genre than the other two. Cause those two were like sort of modern takes on it. Where I feel like this definitely has more of the heart of the pulpy stuff. And, yeah, it was just a great movie. Right. It's fun. It's straightforward. I like the uh, I like the bubblegum being a good plot point in a foil there at the end. Because mm. I guess something about that, that specific brand of gum, I guess, actually was some kind of a lucky pilot thing pilots yeah. would carry that and chew it all the time mm-hmm. yeah that's what i read i don't know yeah. it's awesome it is awesome i'm kind of bummed we never got like a sequel or anything but maybe, i almost yeah. wish in in this in this age of uh comic book movie universes mm-hmm. that somebody would come in and do a pulp universe yeah kind of thing and maybe bring in characters that weren't necessarily comic book stuff but just kind of smack you know what I mean yeah. you'd almost do like an Indiana Jonesy character oh for sure I mean Doc that could be your, let's say that could be your Doc Savage type stuff yeah right uh, yeah I mean Dynamite mind? Dynamite Comics kind of did that <laughs> they got like the Shadow and I think Green Hornet and like a bunch of stuff to kind of make a uh, pulpy sort of universe that they were sort of running, but never, nobody ever seemed really excited by it. I never read any of them, so I don't know. I'm just saying on film. I oh, wish totally. like I'm with you. One, yeah, one of the, uh, not Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> no? Anybody, anybody but those motherfuckers. <laughs> Good God. Disney? I, see, I wouldn't want Disney to do it, because Disney's got their handful uh making MCU stuff. And I would rather them keep doing that because it makes me very happy. No, I'm with you. I'm just saying you said anybody but Warner brothers and I just threw out Disney. So, well, I'm saying if, if Disney did it, it would be awesome. (laughs) Although I think, uh, I don't know. See, I would say throw it to universal, but universals not had a good track record lately. No, they keep fucking up their Universal Monsters. They had to farm it out to uh, Blumhouse for them to finally actually do something decent. Right. 
and arguably it still wasn't it wasn't a good movie it just was i don't think it was a good invisible man movie if that makes sense sure it's not a good it's not it's not a good interpretation of that work mm-hmm. it's a good movie in general just not I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know who could do it. Maybe some independent film company somewhere. Lions Probably. Game. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They're the ones Lions that kinda, been get, they've been getting shoddy lately too. So they're the ones that ran the Saw franchise into the ground, so I was getting ready to say, because they, they were on a roll for a while where they just could do no wrong. And then they veered way off course. <laughs> well, it's because they were really doing really well in like horror stuff, and then it seemed like they had a regime change, and of course, the people that came in are like, oh, "We're done with that horror bullshit," and then they've tanked ever since. Maybe it's, maybe it should be a, a a new franchise for a streaming service. Yeah. Have, have Netflix just snatch up the rights to a bunch of uh, pulp things and start cranking out pulp movies? Yeah, might be a good idea. Although supposedly there's already a Rocketeer remake in the works, but. Yeah, I read there was some like I, I kind of mentioned it. It's had a lot of issues. I read there was some animated show or something that there was. There was an animated show year. that was, was about his granddaughter. Yeah, it was like super vaguely connected, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they started working on a remake back in like 2017, and it's fallen through like five different times. Mm-hmm. And then there was another announcement that uh, The Rock is supposed to play. Uh, uh, Doc Samson, mm-hmm. but I don't know where that is because it keeps. I don't. I don't. Pulp, pulp stuff seems to always get jammed up in the work somewhere. I don't get it. Yeah, I feel like some of it's so old that rights issues start becoming a problem. Like some people think they own half of it and whatever else, and then it just becomes a giant mess. You should just go back to the 30 years. After 30 years, you lose it. Um, All right. Well, we teamed this up with the movie Flight of the Navigator. I said there was no real connection other than uh, they were both on Disney+. Plus. But then Doug went on Facebook and said, what are you talking about? There's totally connections. These movies are about guys who find flying machines and use them so sure why not (laughs) i'll accept that uh do you do you want to recap flight of the navigator uh so flight of the navigator is about a young boy um uh it's fourth of july he's hanging out with his parents and his annoying younger brother uh he goes out into the woods and hears a strange noise and falls into a ravine. And whenever he wakes up, it's 10 years later, eight years later, either way. Close. Uh, he, he goes back to his house there. He finds strangers living there, including Dr. Frankenstein from fucking day of the dead, which fucked my brain up so bad. I, I've, I've easily seen this movie 20 times and never made that connection. And it was something about Char was talking to me, so I wasn't looking at the screen, and all I heard was this voice. And I was like, what the hell? And looked it up, and sure enough, it was him. <laughs> uh, so they find his parents. There's a bunch of weirdness. Obviously, he hasn't aged, but the world has moved on. Uh, at the same time, we find out that the... The feds and or NASA and or scientists who don't seem to know much about science uh, find us <laughs> find a spaceship. Uh, they take it back to a thing while they're running some tests on the little kid whose name is David, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turns out David's brain has a bunch of weird information in it, including that ship. So the evil NASA science ignorant scientists uh, hatch a plan to trick the little boy into being separated from his parents so that they can run endless tests on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out he has a psychic connection to the ship, gets aboard the ship, and then the rest of the movie's kind of him just trying to stay one step ahead of these 
sciencey folks who are trying to abduct him and while becoming friends with the AI that runs the ship. <laughs> the robo Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> the, the, the literally robo Pee Wee. <laughs> I know, Herman. literal. Although at the time, nobody knew that, supposedly. But I mean, I think it was pretty obvious if you really watch it. Well, it's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, when he's doing the Pee Wee Herman voice, it sounds like someone doing an impression of yeah. him doing the Pee Wee Herman voice. Mm-hmm. Paul Rubens is really a fucking good actor. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I don't I don't think he gets enough credit sometimes. No. Now, and I watched, uh, I actually, this is like one of my favorite movies. So, of course, this is amazing for me. Uh, I bought some super special edition that, of course, is not released in the United States for whatever stupid reason. Um... But it's got a bunch of like interviews and stuff as special features, which is really interesting. It's got a booklet with a bunch of pictures from the movie, and then like the whole back half of the booklet is just storyboards from the movie. So that's interesting. Um, new, I think it's like a 4K scan of the movie, and it looks incredible. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I was super hyped to watch this movie again. Absolutely love it. I'll I'll tell you the thing that impressed me the most in this movie: the CGI effect when the uh, ship changes shape mm-hmm. is so fucking clean. Yeah, and this was before T two. Yep, that that weird liquid metal effect that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah the uh, the director. Uh, his brother ran some like special effects, like computer effects company, and like nobody was doing it back then. Of course, like you said, pre T two, and yeah, they have interviews with them, and they show they show that his brother had made up this like sort of just like this promo thing where it's a Tide bottle, a literal detergent bottle of Tide. And it's like one of those old screensavers where the image kind of rotates and it morphs into a map of the United States. I don't know what that's useful for. But <laughs> he's like, we can do this. But yeah, he showed it to his brother and he's like, oh, so that means we can make the ship change shape. And he's like, yeah, we totally can do that. So yeah, so they came up with, they showed like uh old video of them like doing tests and stuff trying to figure out because they wanted it to be chrome but they were trying to figure out like the best look to make it happen and yeah yeah the it just sounds like the special effects were just insane for 1991 like the guy a lot of it the uh because char was talking about this too whenever he walks up the hovering stairs yeah that effect's so fucking good because mm-hmm. you can you can tell it's probably some combination of them layering film, right? So mm-hmm. they're cutting out a little bit of the stand or whatever's there, and the rest of it's all camera angle. You you know, looking yeah. down so you can't see the bar holding that step up. Yeah, but at the same time, whenever he steps on them, they give a little bit, yeah. and they, just just the slightest bit. There's just a little bit of movement, and something about that sells it so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, they were talking about how you know the morphing of the ship and stuff. He's they went to some company at the time and spent like a million dollars just to use like this giant supercomputer to render all that, all those effects. <laughs> this, this guy's like, it was it, crazy. Like we spent all this money and we went to use like the most, one of the most powerful computers like in the world and all this stuff. And then he's like, nowadays you can do this on your phone. So he's just like, it baffles my mind every time. I just think about all that we went through to make make this look as good as it did. But, I mean, like you said, it still holds up really well. So they did a good job. Yeah, and the fact – so there were some production problems where they had to, like, reshoot part of the film. And uh, supposedly the only way you can tell is that the kid's hairdo changes a little bit. Yeah. I personally don't think it's even perceptible. 
Uh, it's not. He talked about it. He got finished shooting, went home, and he's like, you know, I was a little punk kid. So, of course, I cut all my hair and then dyed it all bleach blonde. And then they called me and said, I need to do some reshoots. So he had to wear a wig. He's like, but when I tell people that, I have to point out the scenes where I'm wearing a wig because nobody can even tell. Right. I just find it weird because a bunch of the articles say it's obvious. And it's like, no, it isn't. No, I have I only noticed one shot, and that's because I was kind of purposely looking for it because he mentioned that. I watched the special features before I watched the movie. So it, yeah. I think they did a fantastic job of all kinds of stuff like that. And the uh, the puppet effects of the alien creatures inside the ship mm-hmm. are fucking all real, real good. Yeah, yeah that stuff's awesome. The uh, staging of Max... The, the robot, I think he's done super well. Like Even though he's on a track, he moves very fluid throughout the ship and stuff. Right. I do I do love the fact in this movie that one of the plot points is essentially uh, the ship needs the star charts that were stored inside the kid's brain. Mm-hmm. And whenever it downloads his brain, the human brain is so dumb that it makes the computer more dumb. <laughs> 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 yeah, they want the old chestnut of, well, the humans only use 10% of their brains. So I downloaded all these charts to see what would happen. And he told him he leaked. Yeah, it, you leaked. You yeah. leaked was always a line that stuck with me and compliance. Of course, compliance. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Where would you like me to go? 20 miles from here. Compliance. <laughs> Just straight up into the atmosphere. Oh, uh, like Amanda got home probably about half an hour into the movie as I was watching it. And then she sat down in her chair. I was like, oh, you're watching this. And she sat down and she just didn't get back up till the movie was over because she totally got sucked in. Right. I was going to say, don't uh, nobody listening. Do not take this as me dogging this movie because I fucking love this movie. But the child actor performances are bad. Oh, see, David's, uh, David's bad. That kid was a bad actor. Well, see, the, the director thought he was pretty good, and one of the reasons he got the role is he could cry on demand. Yeah, but like, it, you start crying. It was a fake, shitty cry. He was not good. I don't care what the director thought. Like that kid was not good. We could have had Chris O'Donnell. They could have had Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> he auditioned that for been it. weird. Like, look, it's Robin. He's in a spaceship. Do you think originally the the girl that is in the NASA thing that kind of helps him a little bit? Sarah Jessica think, Parker? Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Do you think that she was supposed to be the young girl that he had a crush on? Oh, I don't know. I never paid attention to that. Because I, f- I feel like that's another thing. I feel like they set that up and then that didn't play out. Yeah. In which maybe that was part of the reshoots that they were like, okay, well, no, that that doesn't make sense. Why would she? <laughs> what are the odds? You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, they didn't mention it during any of the uh, any of the things. But I was gonna say this is also a movie with a great supporting cast. Yeah, it's got our uh, our good old uh, Veronica Cartwright, who's been on the show a lot lately with uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and stuff. She plays his mom, and then. His dad is that guy. You don't really know his name, but you're like, oh, it's that guy. He's he's always in a lot of stuff. Hey, it's that random dad character. Yeah, totally. Always a dad. Cliff, Cliff Young is your turn. <laughs> but so you got Paul Rubens' Mac, Cliff Young, Sarah Jessica Parker, Veronica Cartwright, fucking uh, Howard Hessman from the TV show that I can never remember what the fuck it the name of it is WKRP in Cincinnati or head of the class. Uh, I would WKRP. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what head of the class is. What? No, I'm teacher. sure I've seen it. I just don't know that name off the top of my head. He was the teacher of all of like the gifted class in high school. They were all full. It's, uh, the, the kid from, uh, Chad too, Bud the Chud. He's like the, uh, leather jacket guy in that class i did notice randomly looking through the imdb on this while i was watching it that uh one of the puppeteers who you know worked on max and all that kind of stuff 
uh, also worked on both the short circuit movies. Oh, well, that makes sense. He must be a robotics guy, and they just call him every time. Right. We got another robot. <laughs> this time they're killing kids in a mall. <laughs> Sweet. Get on it. <laughs> Johnny number five. <laughs> so, Why do you have no. a chainsaw arm? No. <laughs> That's a casting we wish we could take back. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if he gets like hate mail every day for that. I don't know. It was such a beloved character whenever he did it, though. Yeah, but I think people didn't and know who he was. <laughs> yeah, so some of the weirdest stuff is apparently so the original director wanted to make it more like Star Wars, and they were like, uh, no, so he left. So then apparently Brian De Palma really wanted to do it, and they're like, no. Have you seen the type of movies you make? We can't. We can't. We can't trust that you won't turn this into like a cross-dressing just, killer. It's so crazy that so this movie was an independent film for all intents and purposes. It just had good distribution. Yeah. And distribution all set up by Disney before they even try anything. And I would just love to know how the fuck did all these big name people end up on the periphery of this project? I don't know. I mean, it had a pretty crazy shooting schedule too right because part of it was shot in like fucking norway and part of it was shot yeah. in canada and yeah because someone had a deal one of the producers had a deal in norway for like uh, a giant tax break or something they just had to find a movie to go shoot there so they did all the interiors of the ship in norway and then everything else somewhere else so random uh yeah so then apparently they approached jim cameron and he really wanted to do it but he was like super busy, so just couldn't make time to do it. James Cameron does what James Cameron does <laughs> because he is James Cameron. Uh, but I didn't know the guy who did it did Grease until I was watching this. That seems kind of a drastic change for me. Yeah, those are two very different movies. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you did you have a younger brother or an older brother? I have a younger brother and an older brother. Oh, so you got both. Because they were talking in in some of the special features that uh, uh, it seems like people who really, like, love this movie have a younger brother and really pick up on the relationship between the brothers. Just the weird juxtaposition of he's the annoying little brother, and then when he shows up again, the little brother has now become the older brother. Just how weird that dynamic is. Right, right. And he has to be the consoling figure. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I don't know what kind of weird genetic search they did to match that little kid with that older actor. But they, <laughs> but that matchup is pretty fucking good where you're like, I totally believe that that is that older person. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good casting. Like, I don't know who was in charge of that. But, yeah, they just found a guy that's like, if we put glasses on him, he'll look just like the little kid. Some of the age-up effects are a little weird. I feel like the parents look weird when they age them up. Well, they notice they, Veronica Cartwright especially is, 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 is Veronica Cartwright especially brought up that uh, she felt like the older version of the parents were very downtrodden. So if you'll notice when they're younger, they, you know, she has like a really nice like hairstyle. They're wearing like bright clothes and stuff. And then when he goes to the future, you know, they're all sad and depressed and her hair is all flat and they wear like dark clothes and stuff, um, which is, I mean, it's obviously intentional, but (laughs) she brought up the point to the director, like, well, I mean, we have another kid. Wouldn't we like sort of pick ourselves up to kind of, you know, move on with life and try to keep happy for our other kid or something? But she said they just kind of ignored all that and went with originally what they wanted. So, so yeah, uh, did all the special features? Did it? Did it say anything about the fact that the scientists uh, talk a bunch of bullshit that is very <laughs> unscientific? No. They didn't, talk, they didn't talk about that at all. 
So that's the weirdest part of this movie. Cause uh, so I am not like a physics genius or anything like that, but I know just, I know enough, enough to be a uh, Dunning Kruger confident about my, <laughs> but man, when they start talking about uh, faster than light travel and stuff, uh, everything they're saying, you're like, no, all of everything you're <laughs> saying is wrong. Everything you're saying, like all of this is wrong. <laughs> It was 1986. They didn't know any better. I'm just saying they're saying things like light speed theory, and you're like, that's not what it's called. It's not light speed <laughs> theory. Relativity. You're talking about relativity. It's a kid's movie. Kids don't understand relativity. But if you say light speed theory, they might know what you're talking about. I, I, I don't know. I suppose. There's also the whole thing where. Basically, they just found out that an object moved faster than the speed of light, and that is not their greatest concern, <laughs> which it absolutely would be. They'd be like, okay, well, this completely rewrites physics because. <laughs> yeah, we got to get that kid back. Yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. we've done it. We've done it. We've all just won Nobel Prizes because we just rewrote all of physics. <laughs> nope. Get that kid back because he can make a shape of a spaceship on a monitor. With his mind, so we need that. I really like the scene where they have him wired up to the machine, and they're asking him questions, and his brain is answering the questions. <laughs> and he has no idea what's going on. He's like, what the fuck oh. is that? Well, just because it's, I don't know, there's something great about that scene of they're just completely fucking ignoring him, that he's concerned and uncomfortable and wants to know what's going on, and they're like, yeah, yeah shut the fuck up, you little piece of shit. Yeah, just sit there and be quiet. Don't worry about it. We're reading your mind with gadgets. Mind gadgets. Mind, mind gadgets. Man, I don't think Doug's coming back. I don't think he is either. It makes me sad. Oh, well. Fuck I'm him. sure he would have enjoyed talking about it. We'll have to find anyway, out from him next week. I was going to say, both movies are uh, the highest of recommends, especially if you have yeah. kids. Show them, to their, show them to your children. Your children yeah. will love them. Yeah, I'm curious if my nephews would watch and enjoy this. They better. Or they're out, out of the family. Well, it's one of those flight, – Flight of the Navigator is one of those ones that if I showed it to one of my nieces or nephews and they were like, this is dumb, I'd be like, I don't care for you anymore. <laughs> you are now my least favorite. Yeah. I've written you out of the will. Uh, it's like this a never-ending story. If I show a little kid never-ending story and they're like, this is dumb, I'm like, I fucking hate you. you go away. <laughs> you could go to hell, little kid. You weep tears. You weep tears for that drowning horse right now. <laughs> yeah, I showed somebody that picture of that cosplay from that convention where the guy was going around dressed as a Treyu and then just had <laughs> uh, had the horse head and it made it look like it was sinking into the floor and he was crying for photos. And I was showing people just like, oh, my God, look at this. This is terrible. This is, this is terrible. This is breaking my heart. And then, like, what, is this supposed to be sad or something? I'm like, you shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up right now. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, oh, that moment destroys me. <laughs> I don't think it hurt me as bad as a child. I think whenever I was a child, I was like, oh, no, he lost the horse. That's really sad. And, and now that I'm older and like have a firmer grasp of death, I'm like, no! <laughs> Artax! No! <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Did you watch anything since last time? I watched a single thing. Oh, good. Me too. Uh, Because on Netflix is one of my favorite movies, Orgasmo. Yeah. Trey Trey Parker, Matt Stone's second outing on film, I do believe. Uh, Yeah. I think think that's that's right. Not, Not including their short film stuff. Well, was... So it was Cannibal the Musical. Cannibal the Musical. And then they put out, uh, I can't remember what the name of it is, the South Park short, the one that basically yeah, yeah, put yeah. on the map. And yeah. then Orgasmo was right after that. So okay, it was so before it was before, basketball, before basketball. 
Yes, Basketball didn't come out until yeah. after they had started making South Park. Yeah, I just don't think I saw Orgasmo until afterwards, until after Basketball. So I'm never, off the top of my head, I'm never 100% sure what, what order they came out. It's funny. I don't think I saw Orgasmo until, I don't know, close to 10 years after it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. And damn it, it's it's the one of the funniest movies ever made. Every second of it is funny. It's just I don't weird. Think- it's just weird because Wes was talking about it. he made he made Shanna watch this like last week. So it's just weird that it came up again out of nowhere. That's so random. Did she enjoy it? She she's like I thought it was funny, but I had seen it before. And, he, and then of course Wes was just quoting shit like for the next half hour. Of course, that's funny. Yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't imagine. I get that the humor is really dirty sometimes and stuff, but I don't know. It just lands, and it still lands. It's I always find it fascinating when you find a, a funny movie. The whenever you rewatch it, it's still funny over and over again because most of the time comedies are kind of one and done. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. I think I have it on DVD, but um, I don't know. Every time I think of that movie. The thing that still kills me is the hamster style stuff. Oh yeah, I made a vow That's to my father. Down, man. <laughs> made a vow to my father to never do it again. Got to him as a little kid, Dad. I don't think I want to do hamster style anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice, son. <laughs> he's just he's just eating toast. He doesn't even look at him. <laughs> uh. Oh, and the the fucking the character like G Fresh is so great that uh, I can't remember what his name is, but that Japanese actor, yeah. that dude's so fucking funny, <laughs> and he's in Cannibal the Musical too. And I, I like the fact that they basically made the same joke again, where in Cannibal the Musical he plays the the chief of the tribe of Indians, and all of the Indians are played by Japanese people. <laughs> And then in this movie, he's he's G Fresh, the obviously Japanese black guy. <laughs> sure, why not? And they did it without doing blackface, which is was really fucking smart. Because now that joke, it's it's you know what I mean. It's a little racist and stuff, but it, at least it's not like that flagrant bad makes you feel ill watching it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a little less cringe-inducing, but there's still some moments where you're like, eh. It just the the scene where they're running around town just shooting people with the uh, the Orgasmerator. <laughs> see, now hey, I want to go see. Now I want to watch Orgasmo again. Oh, it's so funny. Every, and every fucking word out of Matt Stone's mouth in that movie is fucking gold. I think unicorns are kick-ass. Yeah, it's just amazing that they reserve him, and then he just walks on screen and delivers a line, and you're like, God damn it, he did it again. <laughs> I mean, that, that first scene where they start filming the porn, and he goes, Woo, shut that cock! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Dave! Just <laughs> uh, uh, like, yeah, he gets... In shot with the orgasmo gun. He's like in the middle of a conversation uh, and then he just bends over, like falls down, like, oh my god. And then just gets right back up, goes right back into the conversation again. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have never seen this movie, I suppose I should tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> eh. uh, it's, it's obviously Stray Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, and it is about a Mormon missionary who kind of falls into working in the porno industry. And in the porno industry, he plays a superhero. Uh, it turns out that the guy, the director is actually like a, a evil villainous type person. And he has to become the actual embodiment of this <laughs> born star superhero that he plays in the movie. Yeah. And it is, and it is fucking like every moment of its gold. Quick to the orgasmobile. <laughs> what? My Buick Century. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, 
Yeah, it's gold. If you've never seen it, it's on Netflix right now. I highly recommend watching it. Uh, it's probably you probably don't want to watch it with your children in the room. There's a lot of dildos. <laughs> An unsettling amount of dildos. Surprisingly little amount of actual nudity. But unless you count dude ass. Yeah, lots of dude ass, but no, not a lot of female nudity. <laughs> but yeah, lots of dildos and hairy man ass. I mean, there's practically there's I think there are two times in the film where there is a single frame of a woman's nipple, which is then immediately covered by man ass. God, yeah, such a good movie. Uh, yeah, now I need to rewatch it. They're geniuses. They they need to make more movies. Yeah, but I mean, you got that South Park money, right? And if I understand correctly, their movies don't perform well, which I just it's so fucking weird. Like Orgasmo should be a cult classic. It's so fucking funny. And then uh, basketball's really fucking funny too. Yeah, I haven't watched that in forever either. Yeah, they're always really good. I just yeah, they, the movies don't perform well, so nobody ever wants to give them movie money. Well, and I know they, I know they dug themselves a little bit of hole because whenever they made Team America: World Police, they yeah. went psychotically over budget. Yeah. They also said they would never make another marionette movie because that was a gigantic pain in the ass oh my god i can't i can't even remember what it was i think they went four times what their movie was budgeted for or something like that seems about right the studios were not fucking happy (laughs) Uh, do you remember when the fucking seth rogan uh seth rogan um James Franco movie, The Interview. Yeah, the one about North Korea. Yeah, the people weren't going to play it, so theater started booking Team America World Police, and I think it was Paramount had to cut that off, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> That's funny. You can't make fun of him. Round re. <laughs> I'm so round re. <laughs> uh, what did you watch, sir? Uh, I watched a movie called Relic, which uh, is a oh, newer yeah, from the from the nineties. No, this is a newer release. Oh. Um, so it's got Emily Mortimer in it, and her mom has uh, early signs of dementia. So sometimes, you know, she'll be known to kind of wander away and stuff, whatever else. And she gets a call because she lives like about an hour away from her mom and people haven't seen her mom in a couple of days. So she takes her daughter, goes to her mom's house to figure out like, well, let's see if we can find her or whatever. Um, and then one night she just shows back up at the house. Seems perfectly fine. Uh, but then as all three of them are staying in the house. A bunch of weird shit starts happening. Um, and there may be some weird entity in the house. Uh, this thing has really good atmosphere. There's some creepy ass scenes throughout. Um, but overall, uh, not as, ex- not I want to say exciting, but I'm not. I wasn't ex- as excited about the movie when it was over as everybody else seems to be online. So. Has it got some big splash ending? No, not really. Just sort of like a like. Okay, what the fuck was that? And then okay, this is supposed to be like a. Uh, don't want to say art house, but just very sort of. Uh, uh, sentimental ending and I'm like okay well we all led up to that could have been could have been better but I don't know I, I'd like to see someone else's uh, take on it I guess because like I said I enjoyed it for the most part the atmosphere is great there's some creepy shit in it that had me kind of squirming a little bit but overall like I was just kind of like huh well, all right. And it was just kind of over it. So, so it's a pseudo recommend. If you like atmospheric movies, uh, then yeah, I would say it's probably for you. It's kind of a slower, slower sort of uh, burn, but, you know, it does have some good stuff in it. Uh, um, what else? 
Uh, we finished the entire run of Young Justice. I know you're a big yeah. fan. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, did you watch third season yet? Uh, is that the one that's on DCU? Yeah. Nope. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if it's as good as the first two seasons. They kind of go a little further outside of what the show first starts out to be. But, you know. It's good. It's just story progression and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, we're kind of not, not really doing what we originally was sort of going to do with the show. But it all comes. I mean, I sp- maybe they went with the whole thing of because you know there was the huge change between season one and season two. Yeah, yeah. There's a big change here too. It jumps ahead about two years, and then uh, yeah, there's just a lot of characters that move around that you don't see very much of from season two. In season three, there's even characters who end up being a big deal in season three that you don't really see for the first like half of the season. So, huh? Yeah. So it's just it's kind of weirdly paced, but it's broken up into two parts. So maybe if you watch it in two parts, it feels uh, doesn't feel that way. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, so I was, di- was going to say, I guess I actually watched one more thing. Okay, go for it. I watched Hamilton. <laughs> okay. How was know, it? It's on, it was on the old uh, Disney Plus, and the uh, the future stepdaughter really likes music and stuff, so mm-hmm. we played for It was okay. So, so here's my thing. I'm not a huge uh, musical theater buff. Yeah, me neither. So I get why I get why people would enjoy it, and I I kind of get every all the stuff. Uh, I find that in order to make an interesting story, they seem to blatantly ignore some historical facts <laughs> about about the way things were. And the other thing you, you want to know what makes me the most uncomfortable about watching Hamilton. So this this is a uh, a piece of art with incredible uh, uh, pop culture. Um, I don't even know what the the word would be. Hmm. It it taps in really really hard. Like yeah. everyone fucking knows this thing. Uh, it was made by a person of color. It stars almost all people of color, which is all great. But the one part of the thing that I truly, truly enjoy are all the King George bits. He was like the only white person in the, <laughs> in the cast. And it makes me feel like such a piece of shit. I'm like, oh, now I feel bad. Like I'm not allowed to enjoy this part the most, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here comes that guy. Where's all the white people at? Come on. Oh, my God. Have you have you watched it at all? I have not. Uh, when it was sort of the big theater production to go see, I was mildly interested just because that's kind of an event to go to, you know? Right. Uh, like you said, I'm not big into musical theater, but I feel like it could be an interesting sort of like oh, we're going to see a show or whatever. And it would be be an interesting experience. But, yeah, then when I had, like, access to it from my living room, I was kind of like, eh, maybe I'll I, watch it. But I'm not, like, you know, super excited like, to do. It's, a lot of it's interesting. So it's interesting the way they frame certain things. Like, the way they framed uh, Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton's debates mm. in Congress were his rap battles. Nice. With, like, George Washington emceeing the rap battle between these two guys. <laughs> Which, that kind of, it's so, it's so, I don't know, there's something genius about that. And the fact that the entire thing is narrated by... Uh, 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 God damn it! Why am I forgetting his first name? Is it Alan Burr? Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he narrates the entire thing. So he introduces the different scenes and progresses the story along. And I don't know. He's an interesting character. There's also this weird thing where half of the actors play two different parts, which I feel gets confusing at a certain point, and is just weird. 
So, like, the guy who plays Lafayette is also Thomas Jefferson, and the guy who plays Alexander Hamilton's best friend is also Alexander Hamilton's son. And George Washington's wife is also the sister of the person that Alexander Hamilton marries. And it's just, I don't know, because they do that, you're like, wait, so which character is this supposed to be now? (laughs) Sure. But the the King George bits are interesting because they're almost done solo. So it's usually just him on the stage. And it's... It's interesting because it's him addressing the crowd, basically, like the audience, which is a weird, like, almost like fourth wall breaking kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but not because it's supposed to be him speaking to the American people. Yeah. And most of the what he does is a song that's called You'll Be Back, which is almost sung like by an abusive boyfriend like talking shit to his girlfriend who thinks that she's broken free of him in a way, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's interesting. And the guy, the guy who plays King George is the guy, the main actor from mine hunters. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. It's those, those songs are just, they're funny and just so well delivered and that it's it's very enthralling it's just interesting because he's playing basically a you know because king george went crazy so he's playing a half crazy bastard talking shit you know what i mean it's like <laughs> which is an interesting format for musical theater yeah but it's good it's also two and a half hours long so oh, it is yeah. is is long but it's also non-stop so that that makes it go by a little bit better yeah. yeah, I don't know. I may watch it. I may not. I haven't decided yet, but my so here here was the selling thing on me. I I feel like it's so ingrained in the pop culture now that if you don't see it in the next 10 years, you're going to be missing references to it. Yeah. Yeah, which I can definitely feel. I think there's already stuff that's kind of gone over my head cuz I'm like, "Oh, I haven't I haven't seen him to that. I don't know what you're talking about." So, but that was it. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, well, Doug's not back, and Doug's the one who picked the movies for this week, for next week. So, we don't know what we're doing, I guess. So, I guess you'll find out when we find out. Mystery movies. (laughs) Hopefully, they're easy to find, because I'm going to have a busy weekend. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Now I don't know what to talk about for the rest of the show because I got, Doug's, I got Doug's not here. <laughs> Doug! Doug! Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.